Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Eight. I'm happy that you are with us here online this morning as we are on part two of our series called Say What? We're talking about understanding why we do not understand each other. Understanding why we do not understand each other. I came across this quote, and this is so true, uh, and I know you can probably relate to this quote as well. The single biggest problem with communication is the illusion it has taken place. The single biggest problem with communication is the illusion it has taken place. Many of us think like, well, I already communicated. I already told her. I already told him. We feel like we already communicated in, in a clear way, but that's probably an illusion. Maybe there hasn't been a full, clear communication of dealing with this conflict or, or, or for us to understand each other. And when there's misunderstanding, that's when there's tension. That's when there's arguments. We do not understand each other. Literally, this happened not that long ago between my wife, Sarah, and I, and uh, I'm sure you can relate to this as well. I texted my wife, Sarah, to, like, on her way back from work, if she doesn't mind picking up some yogurt, because like our, our daughter like eats yogurt before she goes to bed. So I told her, do you mind picking up some yogurt? She responded with, sure. That was, that was one day she responded with, sure. And, and it, I understand, okay, she'll get it, no problem. Since she's already out, she'll just pick it up on her way. She passes by Kroger, she'll pick it up. Another day, I asked her to pick up something else, and she just responded with the letter K. Just with the letter K. We understand that every text is communicating something. Everything I say, and maybe some things I don't say, communicates something. So anytime I get a text, or when I get a response from her that just said K, I know that was a loaded thing. I know that like underneath the text or something I'll hear when she gets home is maybe that like I need to help out more or why don't I go pick up the, the, the yogurt myself. So the response of saying sure communicates one thing, but the letter K is a loaded K that responds something else. It's not okay, it's just the letter K. We've all been there. Thank God for emojis, right? Because it helps us communicate an emotion or to add clarity to what we're trying to say to content, to words, or in this case, to a letter. So sometimes just a word or a letter is loaded. It communicates something and maybe it miscommunicates something. Here are a few points that I wrote down and I'm sure you can relate to these as well. Communication is not easy. I can say the right thing but in the wrong way. Like I can say what, how I feel, how I wanna communicate. I can say the right thing to me, but maybe in the wrong way. Maybe the construction of my sentences or the terminology or the words I used, or maybe even the order of things, I can say the right thing, but maybe in the wrong way. Another point, I can say the right thing, but at the wrong time. I can say the right thing, but it's just maybe not the right setting or the appropriate time or atmosphere or setting for me to communicate what's really on my heart. I can also communicate the wrong thing by not saying anything at all. Maybe by going back to our fight and flight we talked about in part one from last week, maybe there's a part of me that just wants to take a step back and not, and, and not say anything at all and say, forget it, I don't even wanna bring it up, I'll just ignore it. That's miscommunication as well. That's just, boy, that's just me brushing something under the rug. Eventually, it will come up in, in, a, in a further conversation. It's just layering on top of each other. When there's lack of transparency, lack of communication, it will eventually boil up into something else. When you and I do speak, when we do confront something, and there is some miscommunication, and somebody does say, wait, what did you just say? Say what? Did you really mean that? Can you repeat that? When there is tension that does happen in our conversation or in any relationship, 
sometimes we take a step back and say, well, I, I didn't really mean to say that, or I, I didn't, like, that's not what I meant. There is miscommunication or there is lack of clarity in the way we are talking. Or going back to the workbook that, we, that, that this is based off is, I said this, you heard that, that. I said something, but you heard it in a different way. So if you have not already, I encourage you uh, to, to take a look at that workbook um, to see how we can all communicate better because everything we're talking about here at the 8 for this series called Say What is based from this workbook. I said this, you heard that. Watch this video. This, this video right here summarizes my first couple years of marriage so perfectly. It's just... There's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head it is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing- You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine, I will listen, fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, Ow. if you would just- Don't! It's a funny video, but there's a lot of truth to it. That sometimes I wish someone told me this in the beginning of marriage. That sometimes for me to just to, to have clarity and communication with someone, maybe I just need to express sympathy. Maybe I just need to be an active listener. Maybe because my in, in my innate personality, I should say innate personality, how I'm naturally wired, and this is true for a lot of guys, is just we want to solve the problem. We want to get to it. It's obvious in front of us and we want to solve it. But maybe to strengthen the relationship, maybe to be an active listener, maybe to edify the person in front of me, maybe I just need to hear them out. Maybe I, I need to show empathy or sympathy to what they are saying. I want to make sure I'm clarifying myself that we are talking about communication and how we can be better communicators and resolve conflicts and for us to understand each other better. But the baseline of what we're talking about, the baseline is coming from the workbook like I mentioned, but it's also for us to understand ourselves. It's not about how I can communicate better, but for me to understand myself better. Something we talked about last week is something called your temperament your temperament. This is your innate core wiring of who you are. This is different than your personality. Our personality evolves, but my innate wiring is something I got to know. So like, yes, we are going to go over tactics and things I can do to communicate better, but I need to understand who I am first. I need to understand who I am. So that is my temperament. It affects what you say. This is your temperament. It affects what you say. It affects how you say it, and it affects how you hear other people. It is your first language. Think about it that way. It's our innate wiring. Why this is critical. If I understand how I am wired from my divine designer, if I understand how I'm wired from God above, then I'm able to understand how I 
respond to a conflict. I'm able to understand how I, what parts of, of communication I need to work on better. And I, I understand myself better. Think about this. Like, it, when, when the, like the, the elementary verse that everyone that has grown up in church has heard, love your neighbor as yourself, right? We need to love our neighbor as ourself. In order for me, listen to how Jesus constructed that sentence. In order for me to love someone else, I need to first assess how do I love myself. Our natural state, our reflex, is to, is to be selfish, to think of ourselves. But if, if I'm able to assess how I think of myself and love myself, then that same energy and focus that I put toward myself, I need to put that into loving others. I, I, that, that, that's the baseline. As I, as I wake up and think about myself and, and think about me, 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 I need to put that same energy and focus toward me loving others. This is what I am called to do if I'm going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Also, if, if for me to forgive someone else that's maybe hurt me in the past, I need to look inside myself, okay? Maybe another word to look at is introspection. I need to see my own weakness. I need to see my own flaws. I need to see the parts of myself that I need to work on. If I embrace that and able to see my own weaknesses, maybe I'm able to extend a little bit more grace and patience to those who have hurt me. It begins from the inner life. If that's true of a repentant life, if that's true, and for me, how, to, how do I love others? That's also true in how I communicate with others. It has to become, it has to start from within of how am I wired, and if I know how I'm wired, then I'm able to communicate with others 10 times better. When you and I talk, like I'm talking right now, I'm here to deliver a point. I'm here to deliver a, a, a certain message. When you and I are talking with anyone, we're, we're on a mission to deliver what's going on inside, how I feel. I, I want to make a point, right? That's how we naturally communicate. Now I want us to look. I want us to, 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 to that, that's, we know that when we communicate. Now I want us to look at what a, a leader in the Christian church by the name of St. Paul, the apostle. All right, this is the, 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 the title that the church gives him of him being called an apostle. And I want to just say something about uh, apostles for a second. Just as there are seasons in, in, in the, the year, there's spring, fall, there's, there's seasons for different things, there's also seasons in the church and in, in, in the ethos of the church and in the, in the culture of the church. So this has existed from, from the very first century, that there are times in the church for us to focus on different things. You know everything in the world rotates around seasons, and there's times to highlight th certain things. The same is true for the, the, the church. So right now, as, as you're watching this, we are in the, the season of the church called the Apostles' Fast. The word apostle just means a messenger. So we are wanting to honor, highlight, venerate the apostles, those who were messengers of the movement that, that Jesus began, of him coming to bring life to the world, to bring the fullness of life. They, are, they were called to then bring that messenger, that message to every corner of the world. We honor that, and not just honor them just as, as, hist as historical events, but for us to apply that to our lives now. Just as their life was rocked in a personal way and they shared that in a very vulnerable way, we are called to do the same in our families, in our city, in our workplaces, and with our kids. We're called to do the same. We are called to be apostles, right? If we say that the ancient church is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we are called to do the same. With that being said, one of the apostles is by the name of St. Paul, somebody who wrote more than half of the New Testament, 
uh, such a bold speaker, eloquent speaker. This is what he wrote to the to the city of Ephesus, which is in modern day Turkey. He said this around the year 67 AD. Hear what St. Paul the Apostle had to say. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree, St. Paul. You know, if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything at all, right? Yes, that, that's great. Every third grader should know that. Don't, don't say anything bad, okay? Your calling, my calling, is above that. He begins, his, he begins what he's writing to, to the city of Ephesus. He says this, do not, let he, don't, do not let any wholesome, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. He continues, but only what is helpful for building others up. So it's not just at the elementary at, uh, state of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It's, it's, a, it's way above that, okay? Mama's right when Mama said that. But it's above that. Don't, don't, do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. Yes, you know, I should say compliments and say thank you when someone does something nice to me. Or I said, yeah, yes, get compliments. Okay, then he adds on top of that, the next layer. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Why is St. Paul giving so much elaboration and detail to how we should communicate? Yes, no bad thing come out of my mouth. Yes, I should say things that build others up. Then he adds a third layer according to each person's need. Because your innate wiring is different than my innate wiring. My needs, my love language is different than your love language. So me as a communicator, me as an apostle, me continuing the message of the church, me continuing the message of, of Jesus, me being an icon of Jesus, then I am called to not, not, not let it, I should not let any unwholesome word come out of my mouth. I should build others up. But I need to assess people's personalities, their wiring, their, their temperament. And I need to make sure that I build every person up according to their needs, according to their love language, according to what they are in need of. I can't think that oh, if I just say this, this is just all their problem, or I, I just got, I got to speak the truth. What are their needs? What are the needs when you're, when you're trying to communicate something to someone or you're trying to resolve a conflict or for you to understand someone? Are we just wanting to talk just for the sake of talking? Are we talking, yes, no unwholesome word come out of my mouth. Yes, to build others up. But according to their personal individual needs, is this driving our words? St. Paul wraps up the verse. Let's, I'll say the verse again and, and see how he ends it. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Why? that it may benefit those who listen. If we say God is beneficent and us being made in his image, we are called then that our words, how we articulate ourselves, because we know words can, can, can unite or divide. We get this. That I, what should drive what comes out of my mouth, it should be there to benefit everyone according to their needs. God has created you in a specific way, with a specific love language, with a specific personality, with a specific temperament. My words, I need to have wisdom and discernment of knowing how to communicate with you for us to resolve or for us to bond closer. It's not just generic, me just bleh, just say whatever's on my mind and that's it. 
I need to be wise on how I articulate myself. St. Paul completely flips what we think of when we talk. I talk just to, to say what's on my mind, to deliver the truth, take it or leave it, right? We just we say that there. We just keep it at that. Maybe we apply what mama taught us, that I shouldn't let any unwholesome word come out of mouth. I shouldn't, if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything at all. But it's way beyond that. It is way beyond that. Let me just give some, just three simple tactics for us to apply, for us to understand each, each other a little bit better. First point, be clear, be clear. We all know there's a difference between someone saying, thanks, or someone saying, hey, you know what, I really appreciate you going out of your way and, 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 and giving me a lending ear. I really appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy, but I appreciate you, you hearing me out. Be clear, be clear even just in, in, in the way you show gratitude. Saying thanks is, is, is like a good generic ending to any email, thanks. Be more specific, be more personal. Express gratitude in a more specific and personal way. Be clear in the way you communicate. Because, right, thanks can be taken sarcastic, thanks. All right, especially when it's not clear in a text, it can be miscommunicated. But maybe I should be more clear in the way I show gratitude. Be more clear maybe in a workplace, but like sometimes, like, I might want to sugarcoat what I want to say. Like, it, maybe you want to do that at work or, or wherever. Maybe you want to sugarcoat how you want to address something because maybe you're afraid of what the response will be. So sometimes we add a lot of fluff or sugarcoat something to avoid. But you and I are called to be clear. The, the, the more I'm able to be clear with wisdom and discernment on what I'm trying to say, the more there can be a resolution. Maybe there can be more transparency and unity between uh, me and this other person of us trying to communicate better. I need to be clear to the point, speak in truth, but in love. Let's face it. Sometimes it's easier to just to give a fluffy answer. Sometimes it's easier for your doctor to kind of say, well, we'll kind of monitor this marker in your blood results instead of them saying, hey, there's a serious risk here. Let's face it. Sometimes it's easier for me as a priest, as a preacher, to just preach things that just make us feel nice and warm and cozy inside and just, just kind of say love in a very theoretical way and that you do your truth, I do my truth. That's more tempting because then everyone, because you log off, you finish and say, yeah, that made me feel good. The ate today made me feel good. It's easy to do that. But sometimes we have to be clear in speaking the truth and love. So I shouldn't sugarcoat things. I shouldn't make things fluffy. I shouldn't just keep everything broad and generic to avoid like a conflict, but I should address it in clarity. There, I, I can't just keep everything broad and very generic all the time. Second tactic I wanna talk about is for us to stay connected. When there is a conflict, when there is some tension in a conversation, we go back to our innate wiring of how our immune system is, is built, how our body physiologically is built, is fight or flight. We either get defensive and we're ready to attack back, or we say, I'm done, I'm checking out. I don't need this, I don't need you, right? So we either fight or we flight. You are called, if you have an interest in pursuing a life with Jesus, you are called to something more. If not, if, if you, hey, you just, you, maybe you just clicked on this on accident and you're just watching, you don't have to follow this. But if you're pursuing Jesus and you're wanting to become a follower of him, then we are called to maintain that bridge of connection with all people and avoid that, that innate reflex of fight or flight. We are called to stay connected. Avoid just going to fight or flight response. Just to give you an example, 
and for my name's sake. There was a disciple by the name of Philip, somebody who was very interested, genuinely interested in Jesus, ended up following him. Uh, his whole life was devoted to following Jesus because he noticed there's something different about him. So Philip, being such a, 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 a talker and wanting to tell other people, he went up to a close friend of him whose, whose name was Nathaniel. So Philip told Nathaniel, hey, you got to check out this rabbi. Yes, he's a rabbi, but there's something different about him. Like he, it, I, he is truly like the, the man we have known from all throughout the Old Testament, all from, from Jewish scripture. He is the God man himself. And, that, and Nathaniel responds to his friend Philip like, man, nothing comes good at Nazareth. That, 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 that's nice for you, Philip. You, you do your thing. That's your truth. That's... Philip could have easily said, fine, that, that's fine. You don't want that. He could have easily gone into his fight or flight response. He says, all right, you do you, I do me. No, but what did Philip say? To maintain that connection? He said, come and see. Come and see. What is our bridge of connection when there is a conflict? Do we check out and say that's it? Or we try to come to a resolution and for there to be transparency and clarity in the way we are communicating to avoid any friction or tension. Our goal is for us to stay connected. This is true if we are wanting to pursue Jesus, not to cause division, but for there to be clarity and for us to maintain that connection with others. Third tactic I want to talk about is manage your reactivity. Manage your reactivity. If someone says something that is, um, they'll be polite, unwise, or you naturally want to bounce back, or you want to give it to them, manage your reactivity. Right now, if you close your eyes and you think of a very dramatic or hated or sensitive argument or a painful discussion that you've had with someone, maybe from the past, a long time ago, or something recent, even just thinking about it, maybe our muscles and our back tense up, our neck begins to be tense. Our body language gets defensive, going back to that fight or flight response. I want us to be sensitive, I want us to be conscious of our reactivity to conflict because our body language communicates someone, I can't remember the percentage, but our body language communicates more than just even the words that we articulate that are coming out of our, our, our mouth. So our body language communicates something. Manage your reactivity, manage how you respond. If someone's coming at you in a fight response, manage your reactivity, manage how you respond. Manage how you even construct your next follow-up question. Manage our, or manage your reactivity. Going back to the season uh, of the church that we are in right now called the Apostles Fast, as we are honoring the apostles that have come before us who, who came, who, just as they admitted their life is different now following Jesus. They're better at life by following Jesus. And they came to bring that to so many different cultures. Think about this for a second, all right? So you're watching The Eight. You're with us here at The Eight online, which is our second service here at St. Mark Church, right? This We are a pre-denominational church. We are an Orthodox church. Why are we called St. Mark Church? So this man who experienced Jesus in, in a, 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 a face-to-face as a young man, this man was from St. Mark, was from a country of Libya. And as he was, his life was transformed by experiencing Jesus and experiencing his love, he became a better man. He became a better person because he decided to follow Jesus with all his mind and all his heart. So he was then appointed to now bring the, the life of Jesus to a foreign country, which is the land of Egypt. Think about this for a second. Here is a Libyan man, a man from Libya, 
now appointed to to be as a messenger, as an apostle, called to bring now the reality of who Jesus is. He was called to now bring this to a foreign country, to a pharaonic country, to a country that just had a foreign language, foreign culture, foreign ideology, that now St. Mark is called to bring the life of Jesus to a foreign country. Think about how wise he had to be in communicating. Think how wise he had to be in resolving conflict. If, if, like, I love thinking about that because like, if he was able to be so successful and so vulnerable and so transparent of him talking about the life of Christ to a foreign country, and that radicalized the country of bringing Christianity to the land of Egypt, think of how much wisdom he had. So this is why we honor St. Mark the Apostle, the writer of the gospel, and we are called to continue what he started. If we are the apostolic church, if our church here, St. Mark Church, is called St. Mark, we are called to behold God, just as we call him the beholder of God. We are called to continue that apostolic succession of what he started. And that happens with God in you and me. And this happens when we are wise in discerning how we resolve conflicts, how we communicate, of us understanding our innate temperament, for us to understand others, of how we can edify others, how we can lift others up by our words according to each person's needs. Ain't this true in our world, in our country? We're so divisive. We're so extreme, right? We want to post that thing on social media to be so divisive. If you are not for me, if you, if, if you, don't, if you don't agree with what I'm posting, man, unfriend me now. We're so divisive. We're so divisive. Hear me out. I'm going beyond the third grade Sunday school lesson. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. If you're in third grade watching this, that's where you start. That, 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 that's a good place to start. But we're called to be above and beyond that. How did the early church be so wise and season their words in, in, in such a, a discerning way of how they resolved conflict? Listen to what a bishop said in the fourth century. This is what a bishop said uh, in the fourth century by the name of St. John Chrysostom. Hear what he had to say. Whatever edifies your neighbor, say this and nothing more. Whatever edifies your neighbor, say this and nothing more more. The flood of words is vast. Ain't that true? We've been hurt by words. I know you have. But we've always experienced someone's words also comforting us. The flood of words is vast. Paul is right to charge us to use language carefully. He gives us a pattern for doing this. Of what then are we to speak? Whatever edifies, he says. Why? So the one who hears may be grateful to you. How are we extending love by our words? How are we being wise of how we construct our words? How are we being wise in discerning how to resolve a conflict according to that person's needs? Not just me saying what I want to say, but is my motive, of my dry, is my thought process and how I talk, what's driving me? Is it to edify the person in front of me? Because once I do, this is what allows their heart and mind to be softened and receptive to conversation. This is how I can continue to extend the love of God. This is how I continue to, to, to be an apostle of Christ. Let this be our focus and our driving force when we communicate in any sense, in a tense situation or not.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, our innate, our core reflex is to fight or flight. But Lord, you have called us above that. You have set the path of, of the life that we are intended and designed to live, that our words should always be seasoned with grace, that our words should, should be on a driving force only to edify the person in front of us. Lord, we know this is hard, man. I know this is hard. But Lord, help this strengthen, empower conflicts in our marriages, and our households, with coworkers, with families, with friends, maybe those we have been disconnected with. But then when we come to them, that we avoid that fight or flight response, but that we come to edify and love the person in front of us through our words. Through the prayers of the beholder of God, St. Mark the Apostle, and all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Just a reminder for those who signed up for our summer group, uh, I said this, you heard that. Uh, they are meeting this Tuesday night, so I would encourage you to check out the details and the link on the church website, sanmarkatl.church slash online. All right, everyone, have a great week. Mm -hmm.